The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. AGOA is a piece of legislation that was approved by the U.S. Congress in May 2000. The stated purpose of this legislation is to assist the economies of sub-Saharan Africa and to improve economic relations between the U.S. and the region. Last month, South African politicians from the ANC and DA have made the way to Washington to advocate for South Africa's continued participation on the facility that is AGOA, African Growth and Opportunity Act, despite their disagreements over Russia's war against Ukraine. President Ramaphosa sent a delegation to lobby administration officials in Congress and congressional leaders among rising concerns about Pretoria's deteriorating relations with Washington this over what the U.S. and other Western governments see as the ANC government's increasingly friendly relations with Moscow. To talk to us more about specifically the facility, its history, and its importance to South Africa, and whether or not we are reaping the benefits that are proposed through the poultry industry, we are joined by a recent graduate who has earned the title, full title, Dr. Zuko April, Deputy Director at the DTIC. Zuko, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. Uh, thank you very much, sir, and to your listeners. Oh, you're very respectful. Please call me Songas. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate the respect. Mr. Tabilen Nkunjan as well is on the line. We'll engage him very shortly. What is Agoa Zugo? Why is South Africa benefit or how is South Africa benefiting from Agoa? And why is it important for South Africa to remain as part of those in this Agoa scheme? Okay. Thank you very much. Um... AGOA is, uh, um, or it stands for African Growth and Opportunity Act, and it is a professional trade agreement. Um, just as a bit of background, there are different types of trade ag- agreements, uh, namely unilateral or preferred trade agreements, bilateral, multilateral, uh, regional, such as SACO and SADEC. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so what a preferred trade agreement does is um, it is given by the first world countries, like uh, the U.S. in this case, uh, to developing countries. So what is there to do is to give access to the market for uh, the products from the uh, developing countries. Um, um, so that is what is done here, is giving access uh, to the sub-Saharan African countries. Um, also to cultivate export-led growth and build relations with the SA countries. So it was enacted in year 2000, and the first uh, agreement ended in um, in in 2015. So this new agreement that we are discussing now um, um, was signed into into effect on the 4th of June. Um, 2015 for a period of 10 years so it will come to an end in <coughs> uh, in 2025 so as of january 2023 there are 20 i mean 36 um, um, sub-saharan countries which are participating out of the 49 uh, in 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 agoa um, excluding obviously zimbabwe Burkina faso ethiopia Guinea and DRC to, mm. sa- to name some of them. Um, in terms of the benefits um, or of the biggest exporters here, um, Nigeria is by far the biggest 
um, or the largest exporter, uh, followed by South Africa, Angola, and the least beneficiaries there is Senegal and Tanzania. <coughs> um, so just to give a bit of a background in terms of um, why we're participating here. Um, so in terms of our access to the U.S., we have two preferential trade agreements. The first one, which is the oldest one, is the GSP, which is your cross-system preferences. Um, the problem with it is is it's got fewer or lesser benefits compared to AGOA, mm -hmm. whereas AGOA, um, or and, and GSP is only benefiting about 120 countries. But when you're looking at the AGOA, um, the extended benefits, um, even the line items on which you can. So in total, when you combine GSP and and AGOA, you have at least uh, 6,500 line items on which you can trade. Um, mm -hmm. So it is a very, very good... AGOA uh, is a lot more comprehensive than the GSP to which you make reference. Yes, yes, yes. Um, also, the rules of... of, of um, when it comes to AGOA, there is... Um, um, I think um, in, in terms of AGOA, there is, is, is more inclusive. It's moving with the times um, compared to GSP. So GSP, even in terms of um, 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 our exports, most of our exports are going to AGOA. If you were to look, for example, uh, for a period between 2014 and 2018, mm. of all the goods that we exported to the U.S., 22% yes. um, of those they were through the AGOA agreement, um, and we include all the sectors there. And if you're looking in terms of the GSP, only 14%, and that gives you an idea of... Nearly double. Yes. Um, and then, still, there's about 64% uh, of the goods that we send there um, without any preference agreement, So, which is where there is a potential to renegotiate. Um, Akowa, uh, South Africa to negotiate for um, these line um, these sectors or line items which are, have been excluded. We'll talk about the need for a, a renegotiation more especially after assessing and commenting on your PhD research which suggests that certainly as it pertains to the poultry sector South African government has been at a minimum very lethargic in ensuring we get the stated benefits of our participating on this platform. So just hang on for a moment there as I go to Mr. Dabilen Gunjan, agricultural economist in the Markets and Economic Research Division at the National Agricultural Marketing Council. Tabile, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. You obviously would have heard that our colleague Zugo has mentioned in relation to AGOA. But as the AMC, that's the Agricultural Marketing Council, what are your preliminary thoughts in relation to the success or otherwise of AGOA as it pertains to the agricultural sector? What are the direct benefits for the South African agricultural industry at large thanks to AGOA and specifically as you respond to that if you could throw in particular references to the poultry industry and how it fares to the general benefit of agriculture through AGOA and whether or not chicken is the reason why those benefits are the way that they are or is there more work in relation to that? Okay, uh, good evening to you uh, and thanks for having me. Um, so, uh, um, as my colleague from Djibouti has have said, uh, you know that uh, Agoa has been an important, you know, 
trade uh, sort of an agreement within uh, their region uh, that South Africa operates on. So, but of course, there are a number of issues that are you no know, that are that are in terms and conditions that are also you know, within it. And this, of course, it differs from country to country, depending on the number of issues you know, that can be brought on that. That's why, in fact, the numbers that it started as now is kind of different, you know, because of some issues that will pop up during you know, some of the years that the African countries are trading with uh, with the U.S. So in terms of uh, the actual industry, specifically in South Africa, um, the, the poultry industry, to be specific, um, in terms of exports, it has not been, um, you know, one of those fortunate industries in terms of exporting to that. Um, and that, of course, it, it can be, this can be, you know, attributed uh, to a number of issues, but mainly or part of it is because of the fact that South Africa, it is, necessar- is not necessarily an, a larger exporting country. In fact, we do buy uh, around 400,000 tons of poultry per year, meaning we are a net importer. Therefore, we don't have a larger capacity to, to export. But of course, we do export poultry around at least 50,000 tons for the past five years on average. That's how much of, that's how much of poultry we have exported to, to the world. And most of those uh, exports are into Africa and then to and the Middle East. So the poultry industry in terms of the agoa, it has not been um, uh, one that has been beneficial for it. Uh, and, and of course, the uh, US is one that is, uh, is a second supplier of poultry into South Africa, and this has been the the situation for some time. In fact, if one will recall, around 2015, when we had issues with the US, where the you know South Africa was temporarily suspended to partake on that, it was around uh, the issue of poultry itself. But then, at least we've managed to you know, sort of recall uh, uh, that kind of relationship, and then the the US continues to to supply uh, South African uh, South Africa with with poultry. Then, with uh, just looking into agriculture uh, sector as a large, there are products actually that are much benefiting for the agora economically, which is why it remains an important, you know, agreement that South Africa is part of, and it has uh, increased. Uh, if, if I'm specifically looking at the numbers, not exclusive of of of, of other sectors, that we when we started this, uh, if maybe look at numbers from 2003. The, the amount, or at least in value terms, the South Africa, you know, and, and the US, the imports from US to South Africa, they are around, you know, 4.7 to 5 billion. But as of last year, that number was around 5, 15 billion. So it has almost just tripled. Uh, so it means that the, even though that the sector is not necessarily benefiting specifically on poultry, but there are products that are very much benefiting them from that, specifically the likes of citrus, which is currently in having issues now, and then some nuts that the country exports, uh, mostly those are some of the key products that um, are benefiting from the, you know, from the AGOA as an agreement between South Africa and, um, and the U.S. I suppose the question when we really have this conversation, which we have to follow on after the ad break that we have to take now is, Although we are talking about this dramatic increase, which is literally tripled from, say, 5 billion to 15 billion in the relevant period of assessment, the question is, what could it be? 15 billion sounds nice, unless and until you engage what potential remains untapped into, like the poultry industry, for instance, if we got our house in order, which I'm going to engage in after the break, 
then obviously these numbers would move from 15 to whatever. And so after the break, we're having a conversation. Now that we know what AGOA is or the platform, the history of it, why South Africa's chicken exports to the U.S. are not as great as they should be after the break. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. on SAFM. Just a short reminder to send in your calls, questions, and comments. We're talking to Nzwanele Nyonzo of the PAC in the new hour. The answer, or rather the question he's going to hopefully answer in the very short 25-minute conversation we shall have with him is, who was Sobukwe? And immediately after that conversation, your legal options, if you buy or sell a used car from a private individual, dealer, or at an auction, we have an attorney specializing in consumer law, Trudy Brookman, who's here to answer those questions. So drop in, please, your voice notes or be ready to call at the right time. For now, the conversation is AGOA and the South African poultry industry. And this is what Dr. Zugo April, in the course of his PhD research, found. A purposive sampling method was used for the study that covered 70% of the South African poultry market. The study found that the poultry sector gained no benefits from AGOA for a variety of reasons, including being unable to use the duty-free access to export chicken to the U.S., the excessive quota demanded by the U.S. to export 65,000 tons of chicken portions annually to South Africa, the, the lethargic role of the government in the implementation of the AGOA agreement, that's our government, and export constraints that included lack of access to capital, technical expertise, skills, and other supply-side constraints. This study highlights the negative impact of the application of AGOA to the poultry sector, which included chicken firms reducing the production capacity, closure in some instances of farms, the result of that job losses, and the loss of foreign exchange earnings through poultry exports that are not there. Zugo, how do we get there? Talk to us, please, about how, first of all, after all this time, we have not been able essentially to get our house in order so that we can allow our chicken farmers to export their chickens to the U.S. And more than that, by virtue of that happening, so grow the supplier base and include the transformation in line, especially with the recent talk and policy of the black industrials, black industrialist scheme and policy. Okay. Um, I think the first problem that we have um, is, or we must acknowledge, is that um, um, South Africans have never exported, or as South Africans, we've never exported chicken to, to the U.S. So when AGOA was enacted in 2000, <clears throat> um, at the time, I believe um, that South Africa was still small or it was still uh, regarded as an import, uh, I mean, uh, infant industry. What we did at the time, um, there was a lobbying from, from um, the poultry sector um, to uh, impose import duties of which were fixed at foreigns at the time um, against all imports from the U.S. Uh, for, for poultry. As a result of that, um, it was foreigns per, 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 per kilo. Um, because of that, uh, the U.S. was unable to import their chicken to South Africa. Now, that was the year 2000. So the 10-year past, uh, rules were changed. And then come 2015, we have to sign the new agreement. So um, then the first thing U.S. said was, um, I remember South Africa was given um, a deadline of 60 days by the U.S. president at the time, um, Obama. President Obama, to sign the agreement 
um, against the protest of the U.S., I mean of the South African poultry firms, um, not to sign this agreement because the, the, the sector felt that it was going to kill the, um, um, the, 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 the local market. Um, U.S. at the time, they wanted um, to, um, they wanted a quota of more than 100,000 um, tons per, an per annum. And we were not in a position to supply that, or were we? Um, look, in terms of um, um, poultry production, yes, we, 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 as it stands, we are the net uh, producer of, 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 um, of poultry, so we're not producing enough for the local demand. Um, um, I mean, most of uh, our of, of the poultry that we eat is is, from is, is, is is imports. So we're net ex importer. Yes, we are. So so so, um, I mean, if you're looking in terms of the imports, um, sixty percent of the imports in South Africa they come from from Brazil, which is a big problem. Um, U.S. is there in the mix. They uh, supply about thirteen percent. But the point I'm making is, uh, in, in, in 2015, um, the U.S. finally, we allowed them to, um, 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 to import 65,000 tons to South Africa, uh, which is a lot. Uh, it's a lot. Um, and as government, we have failed because um, South African firm, firms have not been able to export their chicken to the U.S. because... We failed to implement what is called the SPS framework, um, the si sa sanitary and cytosanitary measures. Mm -hmm. We failed to do that. So Which what? Are what? Explain what, to the what, listener what, what, what the SPS measures are. Yes. So what it is is in is is, is there in in um, uh, in the World Trade Organization is one of the rules which are there. Um, as a country, you have the right uh, to protect. Um, human life and 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 um um by setting certain standards so there is two types of sanitary which we picked up which is for plants and also for humans which you put on the meat so it is a um a, a, a requirement which you can put as a country um <clears throat> to say um i want to protect i want these standards for my chicken so what this framework does is um it says the country must inspect all the chicken that is going out. So it means you must employ uh, scientists. Um, you must employ, um, you must have labs which are dedicated to testing the meat. So it must be certified before it leaves the country. Um, it's quite an expensive process because we looked at the one which was um, uh, developed by the same Department of Agriculture, South Africa, uh, f in 2014 for, for plants. And in a period of three years, that would cost around uh, 200 million because you need to have vets, uh, you need to have scientists, you need to have medical officers which are housed um, within the department. And then they have to look at um, a sample. Obviously, you can't test all the meat that is leaving South Africa, but you need to test <laughs> a sample. Um, and, and, and probably South Africa felt that they cannot. But if you have to weigh the benefits of um, this platform, I mean, of this mm. framework, um, the rents that you're losing out or the dollars that you're losing from, from, from these exports, that's a revenue that will come in handy for South Africa. And by the way, 
for the very same reason we are not able to export to to the EU because we also don't have that same because they have the same standards the US and the EU I want to bring in Tabile here because it seems as though this is something that should be the concern of the Agricultural Marketing Council, if not something very primary to its mandate. And whilst I speak under advice, I would imagine the AMC is partly to lobby the local stakeholders, not least the public sector, to ensure that the rules of the game allow our suppliers, our, tr our producers to participate in the global economy. And, and the point becomes more exacerbated when you look at the South African economy right now and the losses in relation, for instance, the conversation is about poultry, that could otherwise be revenue for the country. Yes, you've made the point, and it's a good point. In the relevant period, we have tripled our gross um, gain from Agoa from $5 billion to about $15 billion. But this is a line item which, like all the other line items, poultry in this case, is an important one and can bring in new entrants into the market, can add the question of transformation to a sector that is previously white-dominated. It could also affect in the long term, if not into the shorter term, the conversation of the land and the maximum utility of the land question by having these poultry farms. What is the position of the AMC in relation to the stated net loss? Um, okay. Okay. Thanks, uh, Sangers. So, um, so before I, I get into you know uh, trying to address some of the issues you raised, first of all, I just want to mention that uh, South Africa uh, at the moment produces around 1.5 million tons of chicken per year, and uh, we import on average at least 400 to 400 to 420 um, uh, tons of chicken, and that as of last year it has dropped to 270,000 tons. And there are a number of reasons towards that. So generally, consumption uh, to the consumption of South African poultry, a combination of production and imports, it's around uh, close to two, 2 million of tons. That is what the country requires to, to sustain its consumption uh, in every year. So and, um, and, and along those lines, there is also a number of issues that one must uh, recall. In terms of the, the, the production in general, um, poultry is a sensitive pro um, uh, industry as it's that is one of the reasons it tends to have you know some sort of protectionism as one would say across the country in fact this is not something that south africa has only had a number of countries have have imposed such situations such uh measures and and one of those uh is one ghana today is the is the is the end it doesn't have almost doesn't have the poultry industry it's because of some of the issues that the state or you know the poultry industry guys there did not take to make sure that they have or remain having a, a, a locally uh, poultry industry. So these are some of the issues that we found out uh, we're having issues. For an example, the reason behind the decrease in terms of the imports that we received last year. If one recall, uh, last year in July, August, there were duties that were removed to ensure that South Africa has enough poultry getting into the country. And uh, there are a number of issues that uh, sort of factor that. One, for, 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 for feed, feed is one factor that is a big problem not for the commercial farmers but for every farmer not in south africa across the world that is facing and if one is to bring the issue of upscaling production then you need to factor in the issue of of feed because it's one fundamental issue that takes a lot in terms of the inputs that are being put to produce um to produce poultry the same thing if you bring the issue of electricity it's one thing that you have talked about for some time now it has an important factor of bearing 
for the production of of feed of of poultry you know to increase so that we can have a sustainable pro- sorry uh industry in south africa that is growing actually it has grown um the industry it has grown some for some for, for somehow but because of the issues like you know the the bird flu that has been uh, decimating the global poultry industry and as of as it stands today uh, brazil remains one country that is the uh, free at least the status free status of of supplying poultry and brazil last year supplied 76 percent of poultry into south africa so these are some of the risks that's why actually even eu now is not supplying us with poultry because they have the same issues that we had as a country not for a couple of years actually including you know the, you know, the, I, I can the listen to the reasons why the yeah. industry is not growing the way that it could be and i can understand yes. the issues that stand in the way of that I mean, yeah. phytosanitary is an important consideration. I mean, just quickly, yeah. phytosanitary refers to human and animal health. In this case, yeah. sanitary, right? And we are talking yeah. about the health, the health of yeah. the nation. These issues are there. They are not there for just chicken. They are there for anything yeah. that is effectively tissue, I mean, or a cell from a living organism. Absolutely. The point is... Yeah. Is this not an industry that is worth investing in? If we need to go solar for the production, yeah. mass production of these chicken yeah. farms to facilitate for the full life cycle of chickens and then develop the necessary distribution chains to the ports of entry and exit and get our chickens yeah. to the EU, to the US, so that we are not a net importer but a net a net exporter. exporter. Why would yeah. we not do that? I accept these are the challenges, but you've correctly yeah. said these are the challenges for everybody else. Everybody else is nonetheless yeah. addressing those challenges in the best way they know how. I mean, yeah. and we can really roll back the conversation here. If we're talking about not having the necessary capacity for vets, this is why the DTIC should then be able to say to the Department of Higher Education and Training, get that veterinary school at the University of Forte up and running. It's not enough that yeah. a country can rely on one school, University of Pretoria, to supply us with yeah. vets. We need to have this conversation. And the minute you have this veterinary school at the University of Forte, you take care of parts of the Free State, certainly the Eastern Cape, parts of the Northern Cape, depending when you are, and certainly parts of KZN, yeah. because East London also is a port. Ngoha, port Elizabeth is not far from yeah. there. In other words, why do we not have a consolidated government-wide approach led by the DTIC? We are talking about black industrialists' policy. We know chicken yeah. is the most consumed meat of all the meats out there. Why, as lower hanging fruit as this, would we not be pulling out all the stops? This is another line item that could yeah. take 15 billion to about 15 and a half billion progressively more over the course of time. It would take of many social issues in this country. All those problems are not clearly South Africa's specific problems, but specific problems to the poultry industry. Why can't South Africa get its house in order? Why when we've got a government employee uh, yeah. saying that the government has failed? Yeah. So let's let's work off that concession. Um, I think first of all, uh, I want to mention that uh, uh, they there has to be a lot of money that needs to be injected to um to to make sure that particularly the issues of sanitary issues are being addressed. As I think, uh, if if one can recall, there's been uh, some talks around vets and all that shortages and all that. I think that has been talked enough about in South Africa, even though that some of us, some people generally, do not necessarily know the severity of that. If I may just take maybe uh, one step or stance that the industry, the poultry industry itself, has done um, through its poultry master plan recently, 
they they injected a lot of money, uh, billions, to make sure that the industry grows. And part of that, it is addressing, at least trying to address the issues that are related to you know, the sanitary issues that are still an issue for now. I'm not going to lie about it. Mm. It is a problem that, of course, we acknowledge that. I mean, it, the industry itself, it's one thing that we we, may, we want to ensure it survives. But unfortunately, as, as I was saying earlier, that a lot of money is going to be put in that. And that does not necessarily talk to the production part of things that I was talking about or trying to address earlier on. It includes the issues that you're raising in terms of the vets and all that. So those this is actually a, a system of institutions that in South Africa needs to address the same issue. So we cannot, I don't think it is. it will be a one kind of institution or two to ensure that it addresses if every each and every institution or state-owned organization and industry has to play its part. And then, of course, this goes to the institutions that you're talking about, being them able to produce, you know, highly skilled, qualified, uh, you know, vets to address the issues because things are evolving, are evolving every day. So maybe, you know, the one of the issues that we've had, so bringing in new technology that's going to make sure that they produce at least the vets that you are bringing in, the vaccines and everything, which is something that we've talked about, even the vaccines that are needed, uh, I know are, are going to be of the ones that are going to address the current issues that we, we are facing now. So uh, I'm not going to run away from the fact that it is it requires a lot of money to, as, the, as my colleague from DTI says, has mentioned. So it is not going to something that's going to happen over years, sort of over a night. It's going to take a while, but at least what we need is some steps. You know, at least we are talking about it now and we are... Uh, and that thing's a good thing. There's a start of it. But then again, we need to make sure that how who is involved in terms of what, which institution is involved in what. And then, of course, as I was saying, that every institution in South Africa must make sure that its mandate or its role is played so that we are addressing the issue, which is to make sure that we are dealing with the poultry or at least the sanitary issues, which I think for now is not necessarily an issue, particularly going to the countries or the market that is in Europe and, and US. First off, we need to increase our production. As I was saying, that we buy almost half a million, or at least four hundred thousand of that. So we are on average, we still export fifty thousand tons only. It's even lesser to what the US alone wants. So if we are to send that to the US, it means then the markets that are around us, which we need to sustain, you know, where the country supplies at the moment, those are markets are very important for South Africa because I mean we have issues, we have agreements and no, all I that. No, I mean nobody has so to lose. Yeah, I mean we can just give whoever wants yeah. chicken more chicken. We just need to get our house in order. I mean I think that's the point. Let me just quickly take yeah. a call from the Northwest. Khaubus, good evening. Thanks for calling, Khaubus. Khaubus, are you on well, air? How are you? I'm well, no, sir. I'm Please doing, go for I'm it. I'm doing fine. Okay. Just to weigh in on that matter, you know what, my brother? Truly speaking, uh, my brother is talking something very uh, a crucial thing. But my problem is this government of us today, they never take agriculture seriously. For us to go on, we as a black people trying to do this without a support from the government, I don't see us going anywhere. Why I'm saying this, I'm living mm. in the Northwest. There is an NEC of us last time who just briefed us and tell us that there is no way they can fund us. But they have retained close to 79 million debt to treasury. So you end up asking exactly. yourself, yeah, exactly. where, where, where are we going? How are we going to survive? Because of this industry, it needs a highly qualified people to run it. That is why you see today, white people, they are still dominating that industry. You understand? Mm. It's because of the, actually they are growing on that thing and they know exactly what is happening there. Agriculture is not like sitting on your couch, 
changing channels and do it needs a you must be hands on my brother you understand what i'm saying so well it is a wonderful idea but let our government come in to check or to assist our farmers because there is a potential but there is no support from the fantastic fantastic call we do have Mm. a very senior member in government deputy director listen to that title at the dtic of positions in Zugo Ebo. So he's going to speak to the recommendations perhaps and, and to, to, to really talk about what really can happen in the relative time frames something like this can happen because the because absent this, we are, we are talking about the dumping of U.S. chicken in South Africa and all the very things that are the sanitary measures we have to ensure before we export our chickens to them we clearly are not doing that because of lack of controls at the point of reception let's listen to a voice note uh, good evening songers maganding Inyama nje honga ne kushe nendonu. Kota befa ndoba sinze long government i meat processing firms. Apo tina bafu ile i kushe nengoma. Sikuazu kusai ndoze tukona. Sikelo then sikuazu kufumani malo. Ngugu imagete imelea belungu still. Nagulo kulmende wetu kutuwa yeyensi. In short, he is interested in the conversation for he talks about meat. I understand from at least his language is probably operating either in the Western Cape or certainly the Eastern Cape. And the point that he's addressing is they would love to, as those who are small-scale farmers, have access to meat processing facilities where they can take their livestock there and earn at that point. And whoever then is processing that meat can then put his or her markup and redistribute at resale I mean, at wholesale, even retail level. That's the essence of that contribution. I will read the text, and then we'll have the final contribution from Dr. Zugo April. Song as there's no way that the U.S. can dictate South Africa's foreign policy or tell the country about its own liberal ties, and the GOA Act can't be used against this country. And look, as we speak, the Arab League decided to readmit the Syrian government despite U.S. protests, and people never remember that countries like Egypt and others are depending on the U.S. aid. But when it comes to their foreign policies, they don't allow Washington to tell them about their friends. And we must do the same and continue our ties with the Russian Federation and the People's Republic of China and others. That's a contribution from TG. But you've certainly heard the phone call that came through. You've heard the concern raised or the suggestion perhaps raised by the voice, um, by, by, by the text that... not. The voice note, I beg your pardon, and you've done the research. Can we talk about recommendations? What is available immediately for government to do? It just requires some form of leadership or political will. What requires the kinds of investments that Tabula speaks to, but these are the reasons why you make these investments because you're going to leverage the growth and the income. And also, what is the problem at the point of our border points, because I mean, the, the, the question of dumping is a real risk to our health, as it is a reason of taking out the local supply. That's why you talk about the job losses um, that you've mentioned in your study. Finalize this conversation for us, Suk. Okay. Um, look, there's a lot of opportunities that we've uh, missed out in this round of the Agua Agreement. Um, I mean, one is that the, the sector itself is not transformed. I mean, you, you can just look. Um, Go to any retail store. Just look there at the packaging. Who, who is there? Um, all the commercial farms that we have um, are white-owned. 
Um, even though we found through the study that uh, 40% of all the production from um, these white-owned uh, firms, RCL and others, um, is coming from um, a scheme called uh, contract growers. So you 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 contract um, uh, black black companies or black farmers um, in this scheme, and then you give them the feeds, you give them the chicks, uh, and all of that, and then um, you enter into an exclusive agreement. Um, that they will supply you in return for you assisting them. Yeah, everything everything belongs to the company to 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 the white uh, to the commercial farmer, and then you just run the farm on their behalf. It's a way of leasing the land, really. Yeah. So, so, so that, but forty percent of that production that you see that you get comes from, from these contract growers. Comes from these contract growers. So these guys are ready. They just need to be uh, graduated. They need financial and non-financial assistance. That's the likes of Khabusi. Yes. Yes. So that's what you need. And 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 what we've also picked up in in the whole of government, there is no, um, there is no subsidies that um, are given to. Um, any company mm. in the in the in the careful, poultry sector. Careful, subsidies has a very very heavy okay. meaning. We, we, we can we can look we can look for example. Let, let's take an example of bricks. Yeah, um, we've got I mean, a minute. We've got a minute. But yeah, go for let's it. look at bricks. Um, India, they've got seventeen incentives um, that fund different categories of poultry builders. Um, you look at Russia. Um, Russia, they. Um, just in 2014, this is not even a long time ago, um, to build their capacity. They put uh, um, an import quota of 364,000 uh, tons that allowed, uh, and anything about Duty that. Free. No, 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 it's according to the most favored nations principle. MFN, okay, yeah. Yes. So anything more than that, they impose 25%. So that is protecting your industry. Um, so you can go on China, the same thing. But we don't have that. But as well, we don't. We need incentives, financial and non-financial incentives, to assist these guys to 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 graduate. Yeah, I think we can leave it there. We certainly do need financial incentives. Khabusi has mentioned that. But then, when the conversation is that the government returns money to the national treasury, and yet there are farmers out there who need the sort of assistance, you really then have to look more inward than you do outward. Certainly the U.S. will do what is in the interests of its citizens. That's exactly why Obama gave us 60 days at the time. And that's exactly what Trump resorted to at the height of COVID. He became very protectionist of American businesses. And it's the prerogative of every government to first look after oneself before you look after the world. Preferential trade agreement or not. 2050. Thank you so much, Tabile. Thank you so much, Zugo. Tabile, Agricultural Economist in the Markets and Economic Research Division at the National Agricultural Marketing Council. And Zugo April, we call him doctor now, Deputy Director at the DTIC. Thanks for your time, gents. 2051.